Hi everyone, today is March 30th, 2019. It's the Duel Assessment, your podcast for Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links. My name is Green Ranger, and this week has been kind of eventful. We have the arrival of Sartorius, finally. So it wasn't a runaround where we see him once, and then we get him the second time. It's the first arrival and first acquisition. And you actually get him at not too many... You don't need too many uh, event points to get him, so pretty easy to obtain Sartorius... You can get all his cards and his skills, so I'll talk about all that. Finally, also, Konami uh, dropped news of the new box coming out called Warriors Unite. This one will be coming out in a few days, and today I'm just going to go over uh, the URs and SRs as I have been doing, and then next uh, episode I'm going to talk about the rest of the cards. Uh, we have uh, some esports to talk about as well, and also Doug Dimmendul's uh, deck of the week, so we're going to talk about all that today. In terms of myself, I haven't done much at all in ranked duels. Um, I've been, I've just been playing the Psychic Synchro deck. I am in Legend Two, and the goal of this month, the the two remaining days of this month, is just to get 100 ranked wins. I think I'm at 90, so I just need to crank out 10 more wins. I just want to get that UR ticket, so I'm just set for the. I have a next month to start off at DL level 10. I'm going to do that anyways. King of Games is pretty meaningless at this point. And frankly, there's just been too much going on for me to, to even care about King of Games. So it's just getting those 10 games in, uh, 10 wins in to get my UR ticket. In terms of esports this week, Duel Links Meta Weekly 65. This happened earlier in the week. Uh, all the bandless stuff is, you know, it's active now, so... Um, if this is the meta Konami has intended, this is what it is. And it, it, it seems to have stabilized, I think. Um, we do st- still see a lot of the old decks uh, up there, minus vampires, of course, and spellbooks. First place is negative one with Kaiba Corp, Bling, Kawaki Meru. Kawaki Meru, obvi- um, as mentioned before, they survived the nerfs. They do look a little different now, This this version here. Has the Rook Lord and the Prototype, two new monsters. And uh, a card that's pretty common in sideboards is Soulmeister. I've seen it a lot actually in ranked duels, so the utility of this card cannot be questioned. And it probably is in the main deck more often than not, I would say. Second place, Raul Tours of a Kaiba Corp playing Destiny Hero deck. And this one's very interesting. There's only three monsters in the deck, and that's Destiny Hero Decider. Of course, well, there isn't even. Probably is a uh, there's probably Ankies in the in the extra deck, but they didn't post the extra deck. But it's it's really heavy on control. If you don't use the Skullmeisters, you just have three Destiny Hero Deciders. Obviously, this monster cannot be destroyed by level like high level monsters. It can't be attacked by high level monsters. I don't think. And just a ton of control: two Floodgates, two Mirror Walls, three Paleozoic Canadia, two Bad Aim. Two Wall of D, two Offerings to the Doomed. So this deck just relies on getting that monster out. Um, it can probably last long enough for you to draw the Destiny Hero Decider, but uh, I could see hands just full of spells and traps all the time. So in- very interesting deck, though. Minato, third place, Destiny Hero, Mast Hero deck. A Destiny Calling Mast Hero deck. So this one is... A more of a traditional build, you have your Decider, your Celestial, and your Drill Dark, and then just 
you know, like regular stuff. You have Cosmic Cyclone, Mask Change, Offerings to the Doomed, Paleozoic Canadian, Destiny Draw. I just realized Raul Tor is number two. Is Kybercorp playing because the deciders are all prismatic, probably. So that that's how you could guarantee your draw of your monster. That makes total sense. Now. And third place, Killer Corp, Killer Scorp, nine four two, Kybercorp, Blink, Kwaki Meru. This looks like the traditional build. There's no uh, Rook Lord or prototypes. The Rook Lord's in the sideboard, but um, otherwise it's kind of like the old deck. Except there's more control elements. There's there's a one floodgate and three Paleozoic Canadians. Back then, this would have been, you know, like um, Treacherous Trap Hole or Hey True Nade. So it's more of a balanced deck, I would say. You know? And uh, going along with the meta changes, there have been minor changes to the Dueling's meta tier list. I'm sure this is going to shake up once um, the new cards are, are playable. But what happened here is Kwakimi removed back to where it always was, Tier 1, along with Ancient Gears. In Tier 2, we have Amazonist, Dinosaurs, and Mass Heroes. These are all pretty solid decks now. Mass Heroes was gone for a little bit, and now they're back. Tier 3 is none, because Kwaki Miru has dropped out. Uh, the writers here note the inconsistency of the deck and also Ancient Gears, being a very good matchup against them as well. So, our Curries may, may be gone forever. I don't know. They, they draw so well, so they always have that potential of card advantage, but... Uh, until the meta gets more, I don't know, this is a bit of the old meta, so I don't know how long, I guess it's just Ancient Gears, they have to, they have to take a few pegs down, but that might take a while for that to happen. The main PvE event this week is Sartorius, Consumed by Light, Sartorius Emerges. Um, for those who don't know, Sartorius is the main bad guy of Season 2 of Yu-Gi-Oh! GX. Of course, we're gonna relift this with the uh, Dual Chronicles upcoming with this arc, so we could all learn about it. I sure, surely don't know the whole story, but it's all like uh, tarot cards and destiny and stuff and mind control, all that stuff. If seems like a pretty um, common theme in Yu-Gi-Oh for the bad guy to have those abilities, and I'm not sure what really happens at the end if he actually is cured, and that's kind of what they play on here. I guess he's not cured of whatever, so. Here he is, and uh, Sartorius has all, uh, basically all his new cards are of the same archetype, so that's pretty thematic, and also his skills could potentially be useful for other cards, so we'll see uh, what, we'll go over his cards right now and see if, you know, see what I like, but I'm not sure what other people would like. Um, so the, his main card is Arcana Force EX, the Light Ruler. Level 10 Fairy, 4,000, 4,000, cannot be normal summoned or set, must be special summoned from your hand by sending three monsters you control to the graveyard, can't be special summoned other ways. When this is special summoned, toss a coin and gain the effect. Heads, when this card destroys an opponent's monster by battle and sends it to the graveyard, target one card in your graveyard, add that to your hand. Tails, during either player's turn, when a spell or trap or monster effect that targets this card is activated, this card loses exactly 1,000 attack, you negate the activation, and if you do, destroy it. There's a lot going on here, but you just have to send three cards on your field, three, three monsters on your field to get to the graveyard, uh, to special summon this card. And you really have to pay attention to the wording. They're not tribute summoned, so they're sent to the graveyard. So 
I know some cards when they're attributed, like the um, Atlantean marksman, when they're attributed or something, they have their ability go off. So this is sent to the graveyard. So something like Samurai Skull is sent to the graveyard, but that's like an opponent's card effect. So it's you know it's no tribute effect, and also it's a special summon. So all you really need to do is cheat two monsters out, normal summon your third, and then you could play this card. So. I don't think it's too hard to get two monsters out as a special summon. So you, I wouldn't say the ability is too hard to pull off, the the summoning ability. And another thing is most of these Arcana Force cards do have better abilities on heads, and then they, are, they have like a negative ability on tails. For this card, I think the tails ability is a lot better, given... All the cards, all the control back row we have to target stuff. So, negate and destroy is definitely a very good deal. Turns into a 3,000, 4,000. I would take that over the heads ability, which is just conditional on destroying something. So, this is a card I definitely would like uh, the Tails ability. And uh, I'm not sure if it'll work. Of course, it's 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 tricky to get three monsters on the board, even if you could cheat two of them out. So, we will see. Uh, but it is it is a big play card thanks to that second ability. Uh, the next card is Arcana Force 1, the Magician. 4 star fairy, 1100-1100. When this card is summoned, toss a coin, heads. When a spell is activated, this card's attack becomes double its original attack until the end phase of that turn. Tails, when a spell card is activated, your opponent gains 500 life points. So, basically... This is a 4 star 2200 when you get the ability off. I mean, you get your heads right. And the Tails ability is kind of useless. Um, you know, who cares your opponent gains 500 life points? So, that's just the upside of this card. Otherwise, it's a 4 star 1100, which makes it pretty bad. And you definitely want to guarantee you get your heads. So, there's like a bunch of skills where you could ensure that. Next up is Arcana Force 3, the Empress. 4 star fairy, 1300, 1300. When this card is summoned, toss a coin, heads. Each time your opponent normal summons or sets a monster, you can special summon one Arcana Force monster from your hand. Tails. Each time your opponent normal summons or sets a monster, send one card from your hand to the graveyard. So, this card is just useful for cheating out like a, a, a bigger monster. There are some uh, two tributes and one tributes that you can cheat out instead of the Arcana uh, EX. So that's what that's for, but that's really it. Otherwise, it doesn't really have much upside. Being a 4 star 1300, that's all it is. Arcana Force 18, the Moon. This is a 7 star fairy 2800 2800. When this card is summoned, toss a coin. Heads. During your standby phase, you can special summon one moon token, which is a 0 0. Tails. During each of your end phases, select one monster you control and give it to your opponent. This is a 2 tribute 2800. So it's not that great um, based on that alone. And the ability is kind of like making tokens, stealing opponent's monsters, using order to charge. It's kind of like Venus Shine Bowl. And it's much easier to make tokens with other cards. There are the Mecha Phantom Beasts that do it a lot better, I think. So ultimately, this card's probably not worth playing unless you do something with cheating out with Arcana Force 3 the Empress. Arcana Force 14, the Temperance. 6 Star Fairy, 2400, 2400. 
During damage calculation in either player's turn, you can discard, discard, take no battle damage from that battle. So it's it has a um, uh, winged Kribo, almost winged Kribo effect. And also when it's summoned, toss a coin and apply this effect. If it's heads, have all ba- battle damage you take. Tails, have all banish- battle damage your opponent takes. That's also not too uh, consequential. It's It seems like a stall card. If you if they're um, trying to protect your life points and whatnot, but it is six stars, so I would I'm not too impressed with this card either. Arcana Force Six, the Lovers, four star fairy, sixteen hundred, sixteen hundred. When this card is summoned, toss a coin. Heads. This card can be tre- treated as two tributes for the tribute summon of an Arcana Force monster. Tails. You cannot tribute summon Arcana Force monsters. So. The upside of this card is it becomes an effigy card, which is light effigy, because these are all light monsters. And uh, that's only the head's ability, so it has only 100 attack more than the effigy. I would use the effigy card over this. Another not too impressive card. And finally, I'm, I want to highlight the Spirit of the Harp, which is a 4-star, 800-2000 fairy, normal monster. Why would I highlight this card? It was the first TCG rare card I got, so... Uh, I told this story many times. The first two booster packs I ever bought, the first pack had Spirit of the Harp as the rare. Second pack, Secret Rare, Trihorn Dragon. That was the only Secret Rare I ever got in my entire life. But Spirit of the Harp also came in the other pack. So uh, I remember back then the the booster packs were $8 each. So I spent $16. And uh, all the other cards were pretty much garbage. So it was all all for that Trihorn Dragon and the Spirit of the Harp. When you get Sartorius, you also get his level up cards. And the thing about these level up cards is you get actually get a full playset of almost every card except for the level 45 card, which is not an Arcana Force card. So that kind of shows you that these cards aren't too good. It's just letting you play the full playset right here, right now, without having to release these cards in the future. The first card is Reversal of Fate. The Trap card, select one Arcana Force monster you control. That monster's effect is now treated as the opposite coin toss result. So like I mentioned before, the EX Light Ruler has a really good Tails ability. And if you want to use the the Head's ability first, that's fine too, so you can preserve the attack. So this is useful for that monster, but typically you would want to control your Heads and Tails, so you won't want to play the dual flipping coins the whole time. So hopefully you won't have to play this card at all, and you would just replace it as a dual skill. Arcana Force 4, the Emperor. It's a light fairy, 4-star, 1400-1400. When this card is summoned, toss a coin. Heads, all Arcana Force monsters you control gain 500 attack. Tails, all Arcana Force monsters you control lose 500 attack. So, on its upside, this is a 4-star 1900, which is fine. Uh, Downside, it becomes a 900. You definitely want to control the ability so you don't have to flip a coin. But traditionally, we haven't seen these cards play a lot. There's like, there's a fish card, uh, Spined Gilman, I believe, that boosts everything. It has a place when you use Beatdown or Tie That Binds, but being its situation on a card and having to force yourself to flip a coin, using your skill to do that, doesn't seem worth it. Light Barrier is a field. During your standby phase, toss a coin. If it's tails... The following effects are negated until your next standby phase. So you flip a coin each turn, basically. When you summon an Arcana Force monster, choose which effect to apply without tossing a coin. If an effect 
Arcana Force monster destroys an opponent's monster by battle. Gain life points equal to the destroyed monster's original attack. So what happens here is, is if you use Light Barrier, you don't you basically don't have to flip coins. You get to control what you pick, and that's pretty central to the deck. They give you three copies here. There's also a skill that gives you Light Barrier, so I, I think if the deck is tight, you would use the skill. If the deck is more loose, you could use three Light Barriers, so it's up to you. I don't think the Life Gain ability is too useful for you, because you don't really spend Life Points on anything. Arcana Call is a trap card. Select one Arcana Force monster you control. Remove from play one Arcana Force monster from either player's graveyard until until the end phase. The selected monster's effect becomes the removed monster's effect for the same coin toss result. So, obviously you want the EX Light Ruler, which has the best ability, the Tails ability, to copy that. Um... That's the only one. I don't really like the other abilities. I mean, you could double an attack. You could make your light ruler have the magician's ability, so it comes 8,000 tech. You could do some combo stuff with it, but I don't see it being worth it overall. Arcana Force 7, the Chariot. Four-star fairy, 1,700-1,700. When this is summoned, toss a coin. Heads. If this card destroys an opponent's monster by battle, special summon that monster to your side of the field. Tails. Your opponent gains control of this card. It's fun. This is a fun card. Of course, um, you have to get by your opponent's back row to ensure being destroyed by a 1700 attack monster. So it does leave a little bit to be desired. Uh, but you could win the game if, if you destroy something strong in defense mode or something. So there is possibility here. And finally, the card we get one of that is not an Arcana Force monster, actually. But it could be very important in the Dual Links world. It's Fiend Comedians, a trap card. Toss a coin and call it. If you are right, if you call it right, all of your opponent's cards in your opponent's graveyard are removed from play immediately. If you call it wrong, send the number of cards equal to the number of cards in your opponent's graveyard from your deck to your to the graveyard. So there's a reason why they only gave us one, and you could see it right now. Uh, there was a reason why Sealed Tombs was played so much, because Banished from the Graveyard is a great skill to have. Being Comedian does that in a much stronger way than Sealed Tombs, getting rid of every single card in your opponent's graveyard. And, you know, this type of card, uh, there's ob- there's obviously one, so that limits it, but you could try to try to fetch it. It is a trap card, so you can't play it right away. You would just have to set it and basically have it on so you could, once your opponent's standby phase goes, you could just activate it right away. Um, and this is the type of card you would want to use a skill for. It's, it goes down to coin flip, so you would use uh, Sartorius' skill that guarantees your coin flip is right. So, all things considered, Steel Tombs might, be, st- might still be the choice over Fiend Comedian, but... There may be a time where there's massive graveyard dumps and Fiend Comedian plus a skill to guarantee the flip, plus a searcher, of course. You want to search for this trap card or draw sense trap, maybe. Have this as your only trap card. This could be something down the line to look out for. It's just really strong. And, of course, you could also use this to self-dump your own things in the graveyard. That's probably 
you know, less useful, but I think this could, you know, this could be very important down the line, this card. Last part with Sartorius is going over his skills. He has five unique skills, and, um, yeah, let's go over his card, these skills. Right side up. When you toss a coin for an Arcana Force Monster's effect, the, the result will always be heads. This seems pretty good for a lot of the smaller monsters, where you, the heads ability is a lot better than the tails ability. Of course, I really like yeah, EX Light Ruler's tails ability, so this might not jive with that card, but if you're using the smaller monsters, this could be the skill for you. Master of Destiny. When you toss a coin, the result will always be heads for the first three coin tosses. This skill will only activate if you begin to duel with a deck that has five or more cards with different names that require coin tosses. So, this is the utility skill that could work for any other card that's not Arcana Force that requires coin flips, and we've seen these cards. They're, I think the most common ones were Barrel Dragon and things like that. Um, uh, the, there's the little Barrel Dragon, I forgot what it's called. The one that's 1700 and you need two out of three. And um, this could make a bunch of other cards playable. I think Cup of Ace was the clued one where you could just you know draw two cards immediately. Abari Ushioni is another card. Abari Ushioni uh, has an ability. Once per turn, toss a coin and call it. If you call it right, inflict 1,000 damage to your opponent. If you call it wrong, you take 1,000 damage. So basically, this could be a burn card. It's only got 1,200, 1,200, but you keep it on the board, and you burn your opponent down. That's 3,000 damage when you're, you got three coin tosses. So that could be pretty annoying. Uh, of course, I'm just talking about you know, some some really old card being doing burn damage to you, so I don't know if that'll work. And also Time Wizard. So Time Wizard can just clear your opponent's ro- uh, field for three turns. Seems seems like you could do some things. It's, it's a little meme but hey, it's out there with this skill. Light Barrier. At the beginning of your turn, Light Barrier is set on your field zone. So this is kind of like right side up. But it's it's a little better than right up up I think because you could you could choose your tails ability for your light ruler ex. Next skill is Arcana Swap. At the beginning of the duel, shuffle any number of Arcana Force monsters from your hand to the deck, then draw that same number of cards. So this is a restart ability. Uh, it's more of a reload ability, which is even better for this deck. So um, it could be useful if the deck ever sees play. And finally, Reversal of Fate. Select one Arcana Force monster you control. That monster's effect is now treated as the opposite coin toss result. This skill can be used twice per duel. So this is the alternative to running that trap card that I didn't really like. Um, It seems like a better move to use this if the deck space is crowded and you don't run that card, obviously, and you run better cards instead. So with uh, Sartorius' arrival... I asked the question, could Sartorius be competitive in Duel Links? And unfortunately, uh, I had a health issue on Wednesday, so I just set this up once I recovered from my health issue. And I forgot to set it for a few days, so I set it up for one one day, so I didn't get as many responses. But 7% of respondents say, think Sartorius could be competitive because of the Arcana Force cards. 39% say, say his dual skills and coin and coin flip cards could make him competitive, but more than half, 54% of people say no, he is a meme character. So 
I personally weren't wasn't too impressed with his cards. I did like the Light Ruler EX, but the other the other um, Arcana Force cards were very underwhelming in my opinion. But I think something could be conceived with the dual skills and coin flip cards. There could be some deck that runs out there and beats you on the ranked ladder. I don't think it will ever be a um, you know tournament winning deck because you don't really want to lose to some guy flipping coins the whole game, but. Um, I think that's where he stands. I would say he wouldn't. He's not a competitive character just going in. Um, and that's that. We have. I'm not going to complain about a new character or new cards coming to the game. I think it's all great. So um, that's Sartorius event wrapped up here. Next up is the new mini box. Uh, not mini box. The new box Warriors Unite. So Warriors Unite is a box that's going to be released tomorrow, which is March 31st, and. I feel like we've been getting a lot of boxes really fast. I'm not sure if they're if they're um, unhappy with the meta, where the meta is kind of the same. It it it's it was pretty oppressive with Kawaki Meiru and Ancient Gears. Things got nerfed, and it's the same decks. I feel like so. I'm not sure if Konami is just putting an extra box to make the meta to shake up the meta, but it seems like we are getting these boxes pretty fast. I skipped most of the last one, I think. Um, and I'd spend too much, but I don't have enough gems to buy this. I might have to spend money to, to even do some stuff with this box, but there are some pretty cool cards for Synchros in this box. And of course, the Six Samurais have everyone excited. Um, I definitely enjoyed playing Six Samurais, trying to make that work a few months ago. And it, it seems to be coming together in this box, so I might be putting in some of my Google Rewards money that I use for apps to this box. Uh, we will see. I might have to spend all my gems, of course. So today I don't have time to go over every single card. Of course, I didn't even have time to look at the rares and the ends, the R's and ends of every single card in this box. I'll do that next week. There seems to be six synchros, which I haven't seen at all. But uh, I will go over all of the UR's and SR's right now. Um, let's get to it. Of course, in a main box, URs and SRs are different. There's only one UR and two SRs in each box, um, and you have to do you have to do clever things about resetting. Let's say you open your first ten, and you get a really good UR, and then it's time to reset. So uh, definitely play around and see what you get to maximize. You know, if you're playing six samurais, you definitely want some of these cards. So. First UR is Road Warrior, level 8 Warrior Synchro. Requires Road Synchron as the tuner and two non-tuners, 3,500. Once per turn, you can special summon one level 2 or lower Warrior or Machine-type monster from your deck. Apparently, this is one of uh, Yusei's main cards. It has a huge uh, requirement, though. It requires Road Synchron and two or more non-tuners. I personally was not familiar with Road Synchron, but Road Synchron's uh, N in this box. It's a level 4 machine tuner. It could, um, you could reduce its level by 2, and then you could also increase its level by 1. So there's some things you could do, but the problem with the Road Synchron is it's not a fast monster. So it's not like Junk Synchron, where you could do a bunch of things and cheat out stuff. So it's super slow. 
not super slow, but slow. And then you require two other monsters on the board. It seems a bit much for this guy who gets who's just 3,000 attack. Of course, uh, his ability might be okay. He gets to get a monster on the board, but has no effect on the opponent's back row either. So it seems it seems like not a good card. Scrap Twin Dragon. Level 9 Dragon Synchro requires a scrap tuner and one or more non-tuners. 3,200. Once per turn, you can select one card you control and two cards your opponent controls. Destroy the one you control and return the other two your opponent controls to their hand. When this card is destroyed by an opponent's card, by battle or card effect, and sent to the graveyard, select one non-synchro scrap monster in your graveyard special summon it. So, this reminds me a lot of the card Mistworm. It's a hedge card. Because... Uh, you don't really bounce three cards. You destroy your own and send two of them back. But you do want to destroy your own cards when you're a scrap archetype. So there's, it's not a bad thing that you're destroying your own card. And it's a hedge as well because you get a monster on the board after this is destroyed. So you you recoup some value with your this card being destroyed. So I I do kind of like this card. Of course, it's... It's only going to be played if the scrap archetype works at all. And that we won't know until we look at all the other cards in this box. So I personally don't know. I do like this more than the Road Warrior. So it seems pretty good standing next to the Road Warrior. The next Synchro Monster is very exciting. It is Legendary Six Samurai Shu'en. Level 5 Dark Warrior Synchro. Requires a Warrior Tuner and one one non-tuner Six Samurai Monster. Just a one or more. Uh, 2500-1400. Once per turn when your opponent activates a spell or trap, you can quick effect, negate the activation, and if you do destroy it. If this card is on the field, if this card on the field would be destroyed by a battle or a card effect, you can destroy another six samurai monster you control instead. This is a very cheap synchro. A warrior tuner and a non-tuner six samurai. Five stars. Five stars for 2500 is pretty good considering uh, the ones we've seen so far. Armadides is the most played level 5 at 2300. Um, there was the card uh, Counselor Shen, and this has that same ability. It's a pretty good ability. Uh, it's only once per turn, so your opponent would have to you know waste the card, and you have to decide whether that wasted card is the one you want to negate, and then play around and negate the second card. And of course, they have the 6 Samurai ability, where you destroy another card to sacrifice it to protect this one so there's a lot going on i think this is pretty good we have to see what the other uh six samurai the new six samurai cards in this set do and we have a ton of old ones too so i think i think we're on to something they have tuners in the set as well so very exciting news here here's another very exciting card quick draw synchron level five machine tuner 700 1400 you can special summon this from your hand by sending one monster from your hand to the graveyard. For a synchro summon, you can substitute this card for any one synchron tuner monster. It cannot be used as a synchro material except for the synchro summon of a monster that lists a synchron as the tuner. So I didn't really understand what this meant, but what it means is this is a specific tuner for cards that require specific tuners. It's a substitute. It's a universal tuner or cards that require synchron tuners. So examples would be Junk. Junk is the only one we've seen so far, so that's why it's a bit of a foreign concept. So Junk Berserker, Junk Destroyer, Junk Warrior. 
And then in this set, we have Nitros, so Nitro Synchron, and Road, so Road Synchron. This becomes all of them. It's fast. It, it special summons from the hand. It's level 5. So those cards are typically kind of big. You have the Junk Destroyer. That's level 8. So I think this would work because those cards do see play. Of course, if you're playing some other synchro deck and you want the other monsters instead you wouldn't be running this card this is just a nice card to have i wouldn't say it's a must because i don't see those cards being op in any way but i do like nitro warrior so maybe there is a potential for this card in the set next up is legendary six samurai kizen earth level four warrior 1800 500 if you control a six samurai monster with a different name you can special summon this from your hand while you control two or more other while you control two or more other six samurai monsters, this card gains three hundred attack and defense. So they swarm the board pretty well, the legendary six samurai, just from looking at them. And you could also throw in a tuner, and then you could have your level five shen. And this itself is gonna be twenty one hundred attack when you have the other monsters there too. So um, I mean, there are other options. I think Six Samurai, they have like a 1900 guy. I, f- I forgot what he's called, but the guy with the monkeys, the 1900 attack. So I'm not sure if this is definitely a requirement, but it does special summon itself from the hand, which helps in the synchros. Next is Mobius, the Frost Monarch, 6-star Aqua, uh, 2400-1000. When this card tributes summoned, you can target up to two Speller Traps on the field and destroy those targets. So we've seen all most of the other Monarch cards, and this is one of the better ones. It has an immediate effect on the board, so you could destroy uh, one or two opponent traps, spells and traps, or you can destroy none. It's an optional ability, actually. And you can actually even... This makes, this makes Battle Phase traps even worse. We've seen Battle Phase traps get worse with Ancient Gears, and this makes them even worse. And you could actually use this on your own cards. So you could use it on Gear Town, maybe. So... This card has some potential. We have not seen the Monarch see any play, but we do have specific Monarch synergy cards, and this is the best Monarch to come from them, so I do like this card. Next up is Scrap Factory. It's a field spell. All scrap monsters you gain, uh, all scrap monsters gain 200 attack and defense. When a face-up scrap monster in the field is destroyed by a card effect and sent to the graveyard, special summon one scrap monster from your deck. You can use this effect once per turn. So the scraps main thing is they destroy themselves with abilities so this lets you cheat out a bigger one um so that's what it's for yeah it cheats it cheats it cheats out a bigger one or another one for synchro summoning so uh they themselves tutor but they don't special summon onto the board so you do need this field spell i do see this being a core card for the deck so you would need three of these which makes scraps possibly an expensive deck despite them being scraps which is very Paradox. Next up is a really confusing card called Shuffle Reborn. It's a normal spell. If you control no monsters, target one monster in your graveyard, special summon it. But it has its effects negated. Also, banish it during the end phase. You can banish this card from your graveyard, target one card you control, shuffle it into the deck, then draw one card. Also, during the end phase of this turn, banish one card from your hand. You can only use this effect once per turn. So, 
you know, this does have few things. You basically don't get any card advantage at all. Um, maybe you do if you get rid of all the cards in your hand. But you resurrect a card. You could use it for like a extra deck, like a fusion or synchro summon or even a ritual summon with Nephis nowadays. And then you banish it in the graveyard. You banish this card from the graveyard. Uh, you shuffle into the deck. You draw a card. It's very yeah. You don't really get you don't really get a card out of it. You a card advantage is zero of this card. So I don't I don't really see the point of this card, but it's fun I guess. Herald of the Abyss is a normal spell. Pay fifteen hundred and declare one monster type and attribute. Your opponent must send one face of monster with the declared type and attribute from their field to the graveyard, if possible. For the rest of this turn, your opponent cannot activate the effects of monsters with that monster's name. You can only activate one Herald of the Abyss per turn. This is ultimate removal, right? It's a big cost. It doesn't target, so your opponent just sends that, picks that monster and sends it to the graveyard. Yeah, that's what I see it for. I mean, a card like Skullmeister would be a card you want to negate. Another card like something with that activates in the graveyard, that's another card. But you just want this as hard removal, 1500. I don't see it being too useful in this game, but it does trigger um, abilities where you lose 1,500 life. So that could make it playable. Let's move on to the SRs of the set. The first one is a Synchro Monster, Nitro Warrior. A level 7 Warrior Synchro requires Nitro Synchron and one or more non-tuners, 2,800, 1,800. Once... During each of your turns, if you activated a spell card, this card gains a thousand attack during the next attack. During the next attack, this turn involving this card, during damage calculation only. If this card attacking card destroys an opponent's monster by battle, after damage calculation, you can target one face of defense monster your opponent controls, change it to attack position. This card can make a second attack in a row on that monster. The wording on this card is horrible. And this is the first Nitro card we've seen. It's extremely aggressive. It becomes... The ability basically is like this. When you remember the vampires have 2,000. And then when they attack, they gain 500. That's basically what happens. So this becomes a 3,800, which is huge. It could destroy anything in the game right now. And... I think... The limitation on this card is having to have the Nitro Synchron, and Nitro Synchron isn't very good. It's just the regular, you know, slow tuner. But Quick Draw Synchron exists, so that card can substitute and make this card playable. So I really do like this card. I really think this could be like a one-turn kill, overwhelm your opponent, take care of their defense monster, and attack it again. Card. But Quick Draw Synchron is probably going to replace Nitro. Nitro Nitro lets you draw a card, sure, but it's slow. It's a, it's only a two-star tuner. The Quick Draw is a five, so you just need another two to make the seven. And you'll need three of those, so this is expensive. And you'll need, yeah, you'll need to go through the box three times to even play this Nitro archetype. So I think that is the limitation on the card right now. Next up is Stardust Charge Warrior. 
next card is a level 6 warrior, 1 tuner and 1 non-tuner, so no requirements, 2,300. When this card is synchro summoned, you can draw a card. You can use this effect once per turn. This card can attack all special summoned monsters your opponent controls once each. So, this card on its own isn't very good because you need, you know, attacking everything with 2,000 doesn't seem too useful. But there is a card called Psychic Tracker. Now, use as the material, you gain 600 attack. So, 2,600 attack hitting everything is better than, you know, 2,000. This is 6 stars. 6 stars isn't the most competitive slot, but it does fit for those Psychic decks. The Psychic uh, Synchro decks do use 6 star monsters. So, with the Tracker being in that deck... Hey, this might be something. I don't think it is, but it's it's a synchro card. It doesn't hurt to put this in the extra deck. Scrap Beast. Four-star Beast Tuner, 1600, 1300. If this face-up defense position card is targeted for an attack, at the end of the battle phase, destroy this card. If this is destroyed by the effect of a scrap card and sent to the graveyard, target one scrap in your graveyard and add that to your hand. So scraps do that automatically they they destroyed they get destroyed by their own ability this is a tutor it tunes so it has 1600 attack for four stars it might just be like the best scrap tuner but it's not fast so it has like it has attack so as 1600 can beat something so it's not it has okay stats for tuner and being scrap i think that's why it's an sr it's not too impressive at all Here's an iconic card called Quillbolt Hedgehog. Two-star machine, 800-800. If this is in your graveyard, you can special summon it, but banish it when it leaves the field. You must control a tuner to activate and resolve this effect. So obviously this is a setup card. This is a material. You have your tuner, and you get this guy on the board. So it makes it's, it's an important card to have multiples of because it makes any of your tuners fast tuners. And... The reason we don't play a lot of tuners nowadays is because they're not fast. So this makes them all fast. I think this could be a chase card. Red Sparrow Summoner, 4-star Spellcaster, 1600-1300. When this card you control is destroyed by a battle by an opponent's monster and sent to the graveyard, special summon a warrior with 1500 or less attack from your deck in attack mode. This is also a very useful card. There are cards like Amazonas Princess and UA Midfielder that you can have for your next turn, and that gives you an extra summon for your next turn too. So, a lot of abilities will go off, and also you could cheat out your tuner. So, this is also a possible, very useful card. I wouldn't say it's a chase card, but it's very useful given the place warriors have in Duel Links. Next up is a card, a very weird card art. It's called Parry Knights, level 6 warrior, 2300-2100. When you take battle damage from an opponent's attacking monster, special summon this from the hand. Then you can special summon one monster from your hand with attack less than or equal to the damage you took. Very, a very unusual ability. It can, it basically, it's a, it's a synchro setup. You get this bigger card cheated out. And then you took some damage. So you cheat out a Synchro or something, and then you Synchro Summon. This also has some XZ's possibilities in the future. So I don't think this card will see play right now because it is so situational, but I think with more cards, you can kind of set up something cool in the future. Six Samurai United is a continuous spell. 
Each time a six samurai monster is normal or special summon, place a Bushido counter on this card. Max two. You can send this card to the graveyard. Draw one card for each Bushido card counter on this card. This is kind of like the uh, Karakuri scroll where you draw two cards. You could do this in one turn because they normal summon and then they special summon. So pretty much draw two for a uh, plus one card for, for our six samurai. Burial from a different dimension. Quick play. Target three up to three banished monsters. Return them to the graveyard. So we have the card soul release that gives you five, but this is a quick play up to three. So one to three. Let's you reuse graveyard effects. There are cards that you banish from your own graveyard. Use that ability. So let's use them again. Or it could also disrupt opponent plays. So let's say they're doing something from the graveyard. You banish. I mean, they're using like some kind of banish reuse and then you take it back. So this is versatile, but I don't see it being a mainstream card at all. Concentrating Current is another quick play spell. Target one face-up monster you control. It gains attack equal to its current defense. Its current defense, I get it now. Until the end of this turn. Other monsters you control cannot attack during the turn you activate this card. So most monsters do have more attack than defense, but it might see play in a card like Wild Heart or uh, Ten Kibito Shen, because you just want to give that card more and more attack. So, um, I see it being in the, like a pretty much an equip spell in that regard. Or you could have some some deck where the, the monster has really high defense. Like there was that card that was just released with twenty two hundred defense. You could kind of surprise your opponent with those cards. Uh, trap card six style dual wield. If the only monster you control is one six samurai monster in face up attack, target up to two card tar- target two cards exactly two cards your opponent controls. Return them to the hand. So very good removal. Works on monsters and back row. You can even waste their econ. Like they would switch that monster to the defense mode so this card doesn't work, and you wasted their econ. So I do like this card a lot. Uh, six samurais would be a bit crowded. I'm not sure how you're going to build them, but this is, you know, this is removal. This is very good removal. And finally, Necrofusion is a trap card. Fusion summon one fusion monster from your extra deck by banishing fusion monsters listed on it from your graveyard face down, but it cannot attack this turn. So this has some immediate synergy with Burial from a different dimension. And, um, you know, you can fuse the stuff that's in your graveyard. Pretty useful. It's a trap card, though, so... Probably only for decks that, you know, you have to refuse the same thing over and over again. And obviously you want the card to have an ability, the Fusion Monster. So those are all the URs and SRs. I will look at the other cards. Um, personally, as a person who just likes playing Six Ceremonies, I probably just will buy this box, I think. Um, might be time to go all in for the Kyber Cup and play something new. Of course, I have my, psycho, uh, my Psychic Synchron deck as well, but I might... Six Ceremonies might be good. I might just go for Broke here. So, I probably will buy this box. So, from the... Some other uh, event going on this week. A Card Flipper campaign. The Card Flipper campaign went on, and we get a second copy of Cobra Jar and Hell Poemer. Hell Poemer was a card I really liked, but it never worked out. It's a card that basically steals... Once it's in the graveyard, it steals an opponent hand card and destroys it um now we have two copies of hell poemer so maybe that strategy works of course of course it's a very annoying strategy 
Um, Cobra Draw is like one of those classic burn cards. It burns 500 from your opponent, and it leaves a token. So, uh, more annoying stuff. We have some news about the inventory upgrade. So, this is set up for April 25th, and we have this. We have um, numbers on what gets in, in, increased. So, dual orbs, we have 999 right now. That goes to 9,090. Um, you know, one short of 10,000. R jewels go one short of 100,000. Result boosters go to 99. All the boosters, EXP, extra life, extra cards. So, I personally did have too many boosters. I did like the result boosters, but extra card and EXP boosters I didn't use too many of. And our jewels are good. Um, and the dual orbs too. Dual orbs I have run out at times. I, I mean, I have maxed out at times. Our jewels, I have spent them on like glossies, so I don't really worry about those. And another big item is that extra items sent to the gift box will now disappear to reduce surfer load. So these are dual orbs, gold, keys, jewels, stones, and boosters. Luckily, they're not getting rid of extra cards we're getting or tickets and things like that. So it's not too consequential, but just keep an eye out on your jewels. I think the jewels are the most important because you don't want to lose your you know, UR and SR jewels, but you know, just keep an eye out on them and uh, just know that they won't be here anymore. I, I don't think people mind about losing gold, though. It's kind of useless in this game. Now it's time for Doug's casual deck of the week. He has a balanced Ancient Gears deck. Um, Ancient Gears obviously is a competitive deck in this meta, so this could help you get to the Kaiba Cup. So here is Doug Dimidul. Hey there, this is Doug Dimadul coming at you with another segment of Doug's Casual Deck of the Week. So this week, I'm going to be pushing it back to the Ancient Gear Structure deck. I know a lot of you have probably had enough experience with this deck by now to know what the usual premises of the deck, and that's to really revolve around Ancient Gear, Reactor Dragon. So I'm going to follow suit and build a deck similar, but the purpose that I was trying to do was try and maximize the consistency of being able to get Ancient Gear Reactor Dragon onto the field as soon as possible. And uh, one way that I was able to do that was through the balance skill. And the way that my deck is set up here is to guarantee that no matter what, uh, within uh, within your first or second turn, you will have an Ancient Gear Reactor Dragon on your field. Unless, of course, something gets negated or uh, if uh, you end up in a chain that you weren't expecting and you wouldn't be able to execute your uh, your Gear Town uh, uh, effect. So, uh, but other than that, in the casual setting, uh, I'm always going to be getting that Ancient Gear Reactor Dragon onto the field as quickly as possible. So, uh, as far as characters go, use whatever character you have that has balance. Uh, right now, I'm using uh, the Paradox Brothers with their balance skill. Uh, so, how is this deck set up? Well, 
first thing I run are the three copies of the Ancient Gear Reactor Dragon. I understand that there's a bit of a paywall with the structure deck because it's an EX structure deck. So uh, if you're able to get the three copies of that, uh, then you're, you'll be able to build this deck. Same thing with the three copies of Ancient Gear Wyvern. So uh, anyway, I'll get into the effect for Ancient Gear Reactor Dragon. It is a level 9 machine, 3,000 attack, 3,000 defense. If this card that was tribute summoned by Tributing Ancient Gear Monster inflicts a uh, defense position monster, inflict piercing battle damage to your opponent, and the same thing with the gadget, uh, any gadget monster that's used for tribute uh, can make a second attack. Now, neither of these are going to apply because you're basically going to be special summoning Ancient Gear Reactor Dragon. If anything, the first part where you'd inflict piercing damage may occur if you have your Ancient Gear Wyvern on the field, and through the effect of Gear Town, you're able to uh, tribute summon using only that one monster. In which case, that effect would activate. But what makes this card great is that if it attacks, your opponent's spell and trap cards and monster effects cannot be activated until the end of the damage step. At the end of the damage step, if this card attacked, you can destroy one spell or trap card on the field. So you could pop one of your own cards or one of your opponent's cards. It does not matter. Uh, the next uh, card that I got is Ancient Gear Wyvern, level 4 machine, 1700 attack, 1200 defense. If this card is normal or special summoned, you can add one Ancient Gear card from your deck to your hand, except Ancient Gear Wyvern. Also, you cannot set cards for the rest of this turn. You can only use the effect of Ancient Gear Wyvern once per turn, and if this card attacks, your opponent's monsters cannot activate their effects until the end of the damage step. So you're really going to be using your Ancient Gear Wyvern if you open it uh, to either pull your Gear Town or your uh, Ancient Gear Fortress. If you already have an Ancient Gear Fortress in your hand that you're going to end up popping the next turn, uh, then in which case you'll use your Ancient Gear Wyvern to search out your Ancient Gear Reactor Dragon so you ha have it in your hand. So then when you pop your Ancient Gear Fortress, you'll be able to special summon your Reactor Dragon onto the field. That's where the consistency comes in. You don't need to open up with an Ancient Gear Reactor Dragon in your hand. You could open up with Ancient Gear Wyvern, and that will get you whatever missing piece you need. Um, anyway... As far as rounding out the monsters go, because this is a balanced build and I run six spells and six traps, you got to get two more monsters somewhere. So I run Planet Pathfinder uh, for those last two slots. I got a that's a level four machine, one thousand attack, one thousand defense. You contribute this card and add one field spell card from your deck to your hand. This also has a lot to do with the consistency of this deck. If the one monster you open with in your hand is Planet Pathfinder, you're able to then search out your Gear Town whether or not you open with a copy of it in your hand you play it on the field and then the next turn uh, you'll be able to pop it now what you know i keep on mentioning that you're gonna be able to pop these spell cards what are you going to be using to pop those spell cards and i'll start with these traps i just run two traps and i run three copies of each the first one is unending nightmare it's a continuous trap where you could pay 1000 life points and then target one face up spell or trap card on the field and destroy it you can only activate uh, this effect of unending nightmare once per chain and then I run three copies of Typhoon. You target one face-up spell trap card on the field and destroy it. If your opponent controls two or more spell or trap cards and you control no spell or trap cards, you can activate this card from your hand. So you run six copies of, uh, you know, in total of trap cards in your, um, you know, in your deck here that allow you to pop your Gear Town or allow you to pop your Ancient Gear Fortress that next turn uh, after you set this uh, this trap card. Now, please, please, please make sure that you set your trap cards before you summon your Ancient Gear Wyvern. Otherwise, you won't be able to set the card because that's part of Ancient Gear Wyvern's effect that it does not allow you to set cards for the remainder of the turn. 
So, as for the spells, you run the three copies of Gear Town. It's a field spell card where both players can normal summon ancient gear monsters for one less tribute, but what you're really using this for is its second effect. When this card is destroyed and sent to the graveyard, you can special summon one ancient gear monster from your hand, deck, or graveyard. So this is really your ideal play because you know that your trap cards can pop this at any point and then uh, special summon your ancient gear reactor dragon right from your deck or your hand or your graveyard. So this thing is really, really, really what you need. Um, now, uh, keep in mind, too, that you want to activate that effect of Gear Town uh, not being in any specific chain, so you do not want to pop your Gear Town after your opponent activates a spell trap or, or a monster effect. Otherwise, the timing is going to be missed, and you won't be able to get your Ancient Gear Reactor Dragon out onto the field. Uh, next card I have here, and this is the last, uh, last piece of the deck, is the three copies of Ancient Gear Fortress. It's a continuous spell card where during the turn they were normal or special summon, your opponent cannot target ancient gear monsters you control with card effects, and they cannot be destroyed by your opponent's card effects. So that's pretty good on its own, but not entirely what you're really using this for. Um, anyway, your opponent cannot activate cards or effects in response to the activation of ancient gear cards and effects. If this card is destroyed in the spell and trap zone, you can special summon one ancient gear monster from your hand or graveyard, and uh, also you cannot special summon monsters for the rest of this turn, except ancient gear monsters. So that's not a big deal, since you're just running the ancient gear uh, reactor dragons that you're trying to special summon. So basically that's it in a nutshell. There's no extra deck to this, um, but essentially the strategy is... You know, you could either open up with your Ancient Gear Wyvern or your Ancient Gear Reactor Dragon in hand. Uh, and then at that point, you're either going to get your Ancient Gear Fortress or your Gear Town in that opening hand as well. Uh, and you know you're going to get one of those trap cards such as Unending Nightmare or Typhoon that will, within that next turn, be able to pop whatever face-up spell you're putting on the field, whether that be Gear Town or Ancient Gear Fortress. So, like I said, it doesn't matter what your opening hand is, but say, for example, you open up with Ancient Gear Fortress and an Ancient Gear Wyvern at that point, you know, with one of your Destruction Trap cards. Then you just uh, make sure that you set your trap card first, and then you start uh, putting down either your Gear Town, or if you, or like I said, if you're going to start with that Ancient Gear Fortress, you put that Ancient Gear Fortress down onto the field, and then utilize your Ancient Gear Wyvern to search out an Ancient Gear Reactor Dragon uh, to then end up being able to special summon it that next turn from the Ancient Gear Fortress effect after you pop it with one of your trap cards. Uh, so I found that no matter what, I'm able to get Ancient Gear Reactor Dragon out onto the field this way. Um, it, it really because you're always going to end up with one of the spell cards. You're always going to end up with one of those trap cards, and uh, whatever monster you have in your hand, you'll be able to make the most of it because you're going to be either special summoning it next turn, or it's completely irrelevant because you have a gear town that's going to be popped, and you're going to be special summoning a reactor dragon from your deck or hand or graveyard or, or wherever it's going to be at that point. So as you know, as far as consistency goes, this is definitely one of the most consistent decks uh, that I think I've ever been able to make in in duel links, knowing exactly what the strategy is and being able to replicate that strategy uh, you know, to the T no matter what my opening hand is. So the balance skill is absolutely perfect for this. And uh, what is the one glaring weakness of this deck? And of course it is any deck that has a monster that can be summoned to your opponent's side of the field with more than 3,000 attack, you're just not going to be able to get over it. That's why this is part of that casual deck of the week thing, because there's a lot of people that now that can now summon uh, monsters with very high attacks, and as long as they get one of those monsters onto the field, uh, you're 
don't really have a play to um, to destroy that uh, that monster. You can destroy a ton of spells and traps. You got everything you need to do that based on this deck. But if your opponent runs uh, some powerful uh, powerful monsters that are going to be on the field, uh, yeah, you're kind of out of luck at that point. So that's why you know for most uh, most of the decks that you'll play in PVE or uh, any of those events, you, you could really just utilize this deck, and it's a pretty solid um, pretty solid deck to to use. But uh, the one thing that I've realized is uh, this is not a strategy that Auto Duel seems to understand, if you can imagine that. Uh, this is not something that you want to, uh, uh, you know, have as your main deck that you're going around uh, fighting standard duelists with and just hitting that auto duel button because it's going to be an absolute disaster and you're going to have a very, very high losing ratio because it just doesn't understand the concept of this deck where during your opponent's turn you're going to end up special summoning an ancient gear reactor dragon. It doesn't think that way. It decides to start popping other cards on the field that really have no impact or it's not going to special summon the right monster. It's just you know, it, like I said, if you can imagine, uh, the auto duel feature is not very intuitive with this type of strategy. You really got to keep it very simplified. But if you're going to be doing the dueling yourself and you're doing some standard duelist, um, uh, you know, fights or anything like that, then, uh, yeah, this deck is about as consistent as you could possibly get. So if you get a chance, give it a try and uh, let me know what you think of it. Uh, definitely, uh, definitely send some tweets to the dual assessment, uh, podcast, uh, Twitter account. And, uh, if this is, uh, this is something that you want to see more of, I'll, uh, do something similar for the next episode as well, but, uh, really appreciate you, uh, checking out these casual decks and, uh, hope to see you next time. Take care. Thanks a lot, Doug. You can check him out uh, this time of the podcast every week and also on Twitter, Yu-Gi-Oh! Deck Talk. Upcoming news, Duelathon, uh, Kaiba Cup, of course, uh, starting April 4th. So the new box is here. We'll see how that shakes up the Kaiba Cup. Epic Yami with some new cards. Return of Jack Atlas, Tour Guide, Mission Bingo, Special Duels, uh, Duelist Chronicles GX, and Duel Quest. Uh, we just talked about the inventory capacity up uh, increase, so that's April 25th. The extra deck will be added. Uh, we'll have an extra card, and also the auto deck update. That will all happen in late April. So uh, thanks for listening, everyone. And uh, you can check out this podcast anywhere to search the dual assessment. Um, subscribe, like, comment, whatever. Um, email me with any questions at dualassessment at gmail.com or you can find me on Twitter, dual underscore assessment or me at Green Ranger CCG. Thanks everyone.